Good morning. Peace be with you. We have a little hand for Liz here. I just want to thank you for that music. And Liz, I've got a request that I'm going to ask in front of everybody of you. But at our, um, at our uh, uh, Bible study on Sunday last week, we were talking about the good old days and how sometimes we would sing the Lord's Prayer. Would anybody like to do that every, every once in a while? Do you think we could do that uh, next month or this, the end of the, this month one time? That would be great. Because uh, I love your voices. They're, they sound great. And with your playing, that would be really wonderful. So thank you for that. Excellent. Okay. We have some more announcements. I had a chance to talk to Phil Corner. Um, and he's in Frisco, Texas. He says y'all now. And uh, we had a long talk. We didn't quite solve all of the world's problems, but um, got a chance to find out this little nugget, and that is that he and Heroko have celebrated 60 years of marriage just this last weekend. So he sends his love. He says there's no church like this out there. And they've been looking. Um, today they are at a, a church uh, that is fairly close by, seems to be normal. <laughs> That's a nice change, right? <laughs> At least for the uh, pastor, that is. Um, but anyway, I, we prayed about that, that it would become a church home for he and Heroko. And um, <clears throat> he uh, lamented um, that getting older is not much fun. And I imagine that everybody here can attest to that in one way or another. But he and I laughed, and he got, he got a kick out of saying, just you wait, kid, just you wait. So um, he says hello, and I have their address. Um, should anyone like to send um, a, uh, a card of well-wishing and congratulations on there? So see me afterwards, uh, and I'll get you his new address. Unless you guys are ready to write it down now. I could give it to you. Is it, we got pencils in the, okay, let's go for it. We'll just, and then if you didn't have enough time to do it, come and see me. All right, so Phil and Haruko is H-A-R-U-K-O, and they are at 2204 Brookdale Drive, B-R-O-O-K-D-A-L-E Drive. In Frisco, Texas, y'all. Actually, it'd be all y'all. That's proper English if you're from Texas. And then uh, the zip code is 75034. 75034. We good? Yeah? Okay. And then um, out on the, in the narthex are a couple of cards for Pastor Gwyn. And um, Pastor Roy Gwynn was here from 68 to 74. And so uh, it would be wonderful, even if you didn't know him, to, to sign a little thank you, a little, you know, peace be with you or something like that. He started in 1968. I started in 1964. <laughs> so I wonder if, if uh, Pastor Gwynn was thinking, gee, I wonder if there's a four-year-old out there somewhere in this world uh, as I'm starting my ministry here at Reformation Lutheran Church in Westminster, I wonder what that four-year-old is doing that is going to be here when he's 54. 
you know. But um, we, uh, I owe him great thanks for being here and being a beacon and, and proclaiming Christ and him crucified to people that this place is still here. I, I um, think that that would be a, a wonderful thing to meet that man someday. And, and, but also I did write in there, but just to say thank you, Pastor. We're still here because of the work that you, that you did and God through you. So think about that. Then also there is um, the Praise Symphony Orchestra that is coming on September 30th at 6 p.m. Please invite people. Now there is a, a, a suggested offering of $20, but here's the thing. I don't want, nobody wants you to not come if the $20 is, is an issue. It, it, it's just a suggested, uh, I'd want you here for free if it meant that, you know, you wouldn't come um, if, for the $20. Now, the point being here is Liz and, and has put a lot of work to this and Sean and, and um, the committee that is bringing uh, events here. So uh, we'd love for you to support that, but also the music's going to be divine. So let us come and enjoy that. Uh, enchiladas. There's actually, a, the, the list is out there this time. I said it was last week. I don't think it was. And there's a pen. So order some enchiladas. <laughs> and I think we're good. Did I miss anything other than what's on here, Susan? Oh, some help with the flea market. Just selling of the food. Okay. There is a flea market. You'll see um, midway down, um, and we're hosting this. Uh, the proceeds are going to go to, um, what are they? Well, we're not going to get rich off of this. Okay. So anything that we take in will be used appropriately. Basically, um, we're inviting people to come. Uh, to sell their goods in our lot, the money that they uh, that they use to to purchase a spot and so forth will go for uh, advertising and all that. Yes. So it, it is, as Susan said, and I apologize, it is an outreach. This is through uh, a, a gal named LaBrenda. Her sister's Loretta. Um, Loretta and Brenda come to our grief group and. Um, Loretta is, um, has been here before. She had a catastrophic uh, accident whereupon her leg shattered and so forth. So we, she has been in our prayer list and she's been um, uh, faithful coming to the, the grief group. So the two sisters are kind of a team and they have done this at the Lutheran Church in, in Seal Beach. Leisure World, in, in Leisure World, and the beneficiary on that one was actually the uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars uh, uh, there, that, uh, that group. So um, it's a worthwhile thing, and we could use help manning the hot dog machine and, and or just, you know, selling the hot dogs. And so, yes, Scott, you're in? All right, so Scott, we got one. All right. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. So just um, take a look at that, uh, and, and I'll be quiet, and we'll get started. Let us stand as, uh, and sing as unto the Lord. Our opening hymn is All Hail the Power of Jesus, page 378. 28.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is, is not in us. But if we confess our sins, Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess before our sins Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins and as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Praise the Lord. 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, let your merciful ears be open to the prayers of your humble servants and grant that what they ask may be in accord with your gracious will through Jesus Christ, our Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is from Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 4 through 7, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1112. Isaiah 35, 4 through 7. Say to those who are fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with a vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lamb, the lamb leap like a deer, the lamb, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds. Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food if one of them says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, Faith by itself is not accompanied by action. If it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. And we also go for Psalm 146. Responsibility, bread, and send your bulletin. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. Do not put your trust in princes, 
in human beings who cannot save. Blessed are those whose help is God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. Our third reading is from James chapter 2, verses 1 through 18, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1881. James 2, 1 through 18. My brothers and sisters, believers in our Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes. A poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand here or you sit here, sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him, but you have dishonored the poor? Is it not rich? Is it not the rich who are explo exploiting you? Or are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really Keep the royal law found in the scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you've become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has been not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment.
the Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The gospel this morning is from St. Mark, chapter 7, verses 24 through 37, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1565. Glory to you, O Lord. St. Mark, chapter 7, verse 24 through 37. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet, he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. And then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of Decapolis. There, some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly walk and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. And after he took him aside from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers in the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. And he looked up to heaven with a deep sigh and said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. And at this, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. 
This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Let me just uh, confirm something here. We're going to do this in a little bit, but it... uh, as we were listening to the, to the lessons this morning, it occurred to me that none of this makes sense. None of the Old Testament, none of the epistle letters, none of the Psalms, none of the gospel makes sense unless the person hearing it believes that there is a God. So I just want to ask you this. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? If so, say, I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord? If so, say, I do. Do you believe that he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary? Do you believe that he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried? Do you believe that he descended into hell and on the third day he rose again? Do you believe that he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father? Do you believe that he will come again and judge the living of the dead? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? The Holy Christian Church? The communion of saints? The forgiveness of sins? The resurrection of the body and the life everlasting? Good, then this gospel message is for you. Because anyone listening to this that does not believe this, then I would ask you this. Hear. Listen. There's a reason that you're being subjected to this. It's the gospel. The point of all this is that I need Jesus, you need Jesus. There is no difference between us, Jew or Gentile, other than the fact that we are sinners in need of a Savior, that we have heard the gospel, and by your confession, you say this most certainly is true. So let's unpack this morning. Jesus is coming after just having talked to the Pharisees. Over the last few weeks, remember we were talking about the cup, the outside of the cup they wash and the inside and all the ceremonial cleaning has less to do with hygiene and more to do with, hey, look at me. I'm following these rules. But God didn't even set up that man did, but I'm ultra worthy because of my action of ceremonially cleaning my hands or of wearing the proper clothing, of having little twirlies in my beard and and, or all these outside things. I am pious. My piety, I'm awful proud of it. 
oh, I would never do that. I would never say that. In front of people that would <laughs> tell on me. So Christ also went and said, look, you guys, it's not what is outside of a man, right, that makes him unclean, but what is inside that makes him unclean. And as we read the story, uh, the historical account of Jesus coming into the vicinity of Tyre, he, he wants to be left alone. He needed some time alone for himself and for his apostles. And it wasn't going to happen. And what was his reaction? Well, he put himself right in the middle of it. He, he had hoped that he could have some time alone, but Jesus does not want anyone to be lost, even a Greek. Did you count that? A Greek. Here we were just talking about clean cups and clean hands and for all the Jews, but Jesus makes a point of, in this account, that he has a Gentile unclean by pharisaical standards, woman, come and engage him. A rabbi, how dare she? Right? And he gives a response to her after she says that, um, well, she begs. She begs. She's praying. She says, drive out the demon of my daughter, please. And he goes... (laughs) Look, kid, let the children eat all that they want. The children, who are the children? Those are the Jews, the chosen people. They were chosen absolutely by God to show the world the nature of God. They were chosen by God to be witness to his power, his rescue. Oh, yeah, and even his righteousness. That he rescued him out of captivity several times. That he pursued a bride that was unfaithful. Those are the chosen people. He is showing the chosen people that he came also for the little dogs. Let me feed the kids first. Let me feed the Jews first. Um, and um, I, Because I can't take the bread I can't take the gospel. I can't take what I am here for to do and toss it to little dogs. That seems kind of harsh, kind of mean, not like the nature of Jesus. But he's teaching all that are listening. I'd like to think that this woman wasn't put off because her response isn't that. She was bold. She said, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Anyone have dogs and children at the same time? Yeah. (laughs) They always hang out underneath the kids' area, don't they? That's a wonderful, wonderful uh, visual that she gave us, a word picture. And Jesus thought so too, and he said, for such a reply you may go, the demon has left your daughter she went home and found her child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. She realized that she needed Jesus. 
There were barriers that were put up by the chosen people that said, you have no right to Jesus. You're a Gentile. You're a Greek. And you're a woman. They would have kept her out. Christ, the word incarnate, welcomed her in. And it wasn't her work that saved that little girl. What was it? Faith, that F word. Love that F word. Faith. She came to him and said, just say it. And it'll be true. We hear of the centurion too. We just had that in our men's group this week. The centurion had a a servant that he loved and he knew that Jesus had power to heal. And he called for him and Jesus said, all right, I'm going. And before he even got there, the centurion sent his people out with a note that says, I am unworthy of you coming into my house. But I know that you are a man of authority, as I am too. And I tell one soldier to do this and another to do that, and they do it. So I know that if you were just to give the command, my servant would be healed. And Jesus remarked, man. Well, he didn't say that. But it was similar to, I have not, well, I've not seen such faith in all of Israel. Through all of the chosen people, such faith. And yet, here's another Gentile. Here's another dog picking up the crumbs. Sounds like the crumbs from the king's table are pretty darn good, since we like to talk about crumbs these days, but I digress. Jesus came for all people. And in the Christian community, sometimes we find it easier just to ignore those that we are uncomfortable with. Sometimes it is easier to say, well, you're in my prayers. And James really knocked it out of the park on this one today. He says, brothers and sisters, when you see a rich man come into your presence with the gold ring and the fine clothes... And then you see a poor man. You know, he, it's not hard to envision this. Even in today's society, somebody well-dressed, somebody not so, possible danger, probably okay. Right? Not everybody's wired that way, but if we're honest, um, there are some places that we won't go unescorted or unarmed. You know, there's some things and some, some places that we are more comfortable with than others. And then um, we are want to say, well, uh, as, uh, as, as James says, well, we'll pray for you and be well. But we don't take any action to help. And he says, that is, that's dead. He, he gets into this famous saying, and some people have twisted this, but that is, shh, work or rather, faith without works is dead. Has anyone ever heard that? Faith with what well, you did this morning. And some people have said, well, I, I have to have works or else I'm not going to make it. Some people are work inspectors, um, fruit inspectors. 
And they'll say, well, you know, your life doesn't show a lot of works in it, you know. And, and that could be even so much as um, they're, you know, you, you haven't been to church in a while. Uh, you know, and in some uh, uh, congregations, they could say, well, gee, I just, I wonder if you really, if you really are saved. Some people put works and put, you know, checklists on their, um, oh my goodness, you know, your offerings are a little inconsistent. And, you know, I've done the math here in uh, Southern California and the average income is this. And if I'm looking at that, I don't know what part of 10%, you know, you're given, but I wonder if you really ever were saved. People do that. James says, show me your faith apart from your works. Show me your faith apart from your works. Because people that would be so audacious as to uh, condemn somebody for how they perform on their attendance or how they perform in their offering or how they perform in any other way as a Christian as to whether or not they're saved or not, those people are work-oriented. Those are the same kind of people as the publican that was in the synagogue. And he says, Lord, thank you for not making me like that tax collector. That's pretty ugly, isn't it? And James is saying, you know, your works with no faith is ugly. And, and we heard this morning that the, the princes and, and all of the hard work they put and all their treasures, the day they die, it's over. Without faith. And so he sets this astounding thing. I wish we all would listen to it. Every man, woman, and child on the face of this earth. You show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. What does that mean? You think, on one hand, he's saying, your work saves you. That we'll take a look at all your work. Somebody up there will be processing it out. Maybe even setting it you know, into the fire and, and it'll consume only that uh, which is awful and then the leftover will be the good stuff. I submit to you that it'll all be burned up. Anything that I do on, my, on myself, apart from God, it's going to be burned up. Paul said that my good works are like what? Filthy rags or dung. But on the other hand, James says, I'll show you my faith by my works. How does that work? Well, my faith. My faith is, is that it's done. Enough is enough. He did it. Christ and him crucified did it for me. I hear. I believe. I repent. I am forgiven. I confess and I am into the fold. I am baptized. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I am clothed in Christ. Therefore, there is no more condemnation. That's what my faith tells me. James also goes on to say, that's nice, but I don't want, you know, we shouldn't be constipated Christians, right? So we received all this inflowing. We got to let stuff out. So what comes out? 
works. We have received so much. We have this eternity that is guaranteed by the work done on the cross that is we are reminded of by our baptism and the meal that we're going to take daily. We have these assurances and yet we still get to produce the fruit that he created us to do. Those are our works. The fruit just comes. The fruit doesn't get us into heaven. The fruit bears witness of his goodness and that our reliance is on his goodness and not on our works. We need Jesus, and the Gentiles need Jesus, and Jesus was not shy about telling us and telling the Pharisees that would put a boundary up, that would say, no, we're the chosen people. If there's anything left over, maybe you guys will be okay, you Gentiles. But we're the ones that are chosen. And he turned that thinking upside down and onto his head. So, James. James is the brother of Jesus. James is credited with being the author of this epistle. James didn't start out believing that his brother was the Messiah. But James finished well after seeing and hearing the gospel that came to life. They say James was a very kind man. The historian, Jewish historian Josephus said that his contemporaries called him James the Just because of how kind he was. James proclaimed his brother and him crucified. James proclaimed that the Messiah came and the Messiah saves and the Messiah is coming again. James, his brother, was a devout prayer warrior. History says this. Uh, it's not in the Bible, but you know, history is, has been recorded, so it's, it's nice to think about. That James, his knees were so calloused that they looked like the knees of a camel because he was on his knees praying all of the time. James, his final works in faith was a martyr's death. History records it around 62 AD, so uh, 30-some years after Jesus was crucified. He was called by the Pharisees. They assembled the Sanhedrin and they told him that he must recount, renounce Christ as the Messiah. And instead of doing that, history tells us that James cried out in a loud voice that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the one who the prophet spoke of, the one who came to save the world, the perfect Lamb of God, and he is coming again. They were not pleased. They knocked him down. He was on his knees praying as they stoned him. Praying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. 
History also says that a benevolent, maybe be the word, somebody took pity on him and the pain that he was going through and they took a club and they ended it by whacking him on the head. His works <laughs> were proclaiming Christ and him crucified as the true one. And he was able to do that by faith. I need Jesus. You need Jesus. He's met us all at the font of baptism. And he's going to meet us all in a few minutes at the table of this holy sacrament. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Thanks, Liz. Beautiful, beautiful. Will you please stand? Let us now confess our faith to the words of, Apostle, of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Holy and gracious Father, may our soul and all that is within us bless you, O Lord, as we praise you. We praise you as maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, and thank you for your eternal faithfulness to all your children. Thank you for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear your word. Thank you for setting us free from sin, death, and the devil through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, Father, we pray for the whole church throughout the world, including this congregation and Victory Outreach. In these troubling times, help us to overcome any fear we have and cling to the hope that we have in the Lord, our ever-present help in time of trouble, and knowing he will come again and we will see him face to face. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Father, we pray for your church. We ask you to strengthen the bishops, the pastors, the evangelists, missionaries, teachers, lay leaders, 
and empower them with your spirit and truth, continually drawing them unto yourself. Keep them from straying and help them to be faithful to their call, to proclaim the gospel, shepherd the faithful, and pray for their conversion. We pray for our government officials to seek your counsel in carrying out their duties and making decisions. Guide them when they meet with other world leaders and help them find peaceful solutions when they disagree. May your will prevail in all decision-making. We ask for peace and protection for our military men and women and their families. We pray for our country. We ask for the evil to stop and unity be restored. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Father, we pray for the sick, the dying, and the shut-ins. Surround them with your loving care through family, friends, doctors, nurses, and your church. May they be helped in mind, body, and spirit. Grant peace to them and their families, and may they be drawn closer to you at this time. Lord, in your mercy. We ask you to hear the prayers in the hearts of this congregation, whether spoken aloud or in the silence of their mind and heart. Lord, in your mercy. We commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace.
Will you please stand? Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of the heavens, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death and his resurrection and his beautiful triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven,
Joni, I'm going to share what you told me. <laughs> she says, in Idaho, we say, if you pray for potatoes, you best be getting your hoe out, too. <laughs> right? Thank you for that. Thank you also to Jesus, because he got the hoe out. <laughs> he harvested them all for us, and we receive. But faith is not a spectator sport. And this act of faith that we have coming to the table, taking him at his word, my body, my blood shed for you for forgiveness of sins, for salvation, we come in faith together, holding hands, receiving that which was already paid for, that which is given to us. Beautiful means of grace. May it keep you in his peace. You may be seated and the ushers will bring you forward.
Will you please stand? A brief announcement um, that Scott, uh, Steve, and Tim will be um, washing cars for the congregants <laughs> after this. So if you need to go get them really dirty before they do it, you know, there's some time. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, family. Uh, I love you. And now the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Our closing hymn is Onward Christian Soldiers.